pages that follow, I will tell you how we can take that spending machine off autopilot and redirect it to provide the services our nation needs at a price we can afford. That is going to involve dramatically rethinking our social programs, reforming our tax system and other spending programs, changing the way our government operates, and reforming our political system. And all this will happen only if we the people use the power of our democracy to force change from our elected officials. Who am I to be sounding off? I spent fifteen years in Washington, working during four presidential administrations, Reagan, Bush 41, Clinton, and Bush 43. All my jobs involved working with top elected and appointed officials, while also collaborating with a range of highly educated and dedicated civil servants, and all of them gave me a scary education in how our political system has failed to guard our nation's financial health. I watched the Reagan Revolution from my position as Assistant Secretary of Labor for Pension and Welfare Benefits. President Reagan cut taxes and increased defense spending simultaneously, which added billions to the government's budget deficit. Of course, there's an argument to be made that Reagan's defense buildup gave the Soviet Union a decisive push into oblivion, winning the Cold War without firing a shot. That, in turn, allowed us to cut defense spending, measured as a percentage of the national economy, and to enjoy a peace dividend of growth and creativity throughout our economy. When we came down from that high, induced by peace and lower taxes, however, we saw that the economic growth Reagan stimulated did not make up for the tax revenue we lost. As a consequence, our deficits were growing out of control. I served under Reagan's successor, Bush 41, as one of two public trustees for the Social Security and Medicare systems. That job gave me a lot of insight into our money-draining social programs, which I'll share with you later. It also gave me a lifelong respect for our first President Bush, who had the courage to break a campaign promise, read my lips, no new taxes, when he saw our deficits rising to the danger level. That decision probably cost him re-election, but it was the right decision for America. He also imposed tough budget controls to constrain spending and the expansion of government. Let me also tip my hat to Ross Perot, the Texas businessman who ran for president in 1992 and 1996. Perot was the only national candidate in my memory who faced the American people with charts and graphs to pound home the point that the politicians in Washington were driving America into bankruptcy with their loose spending ways. He made fighting the deficit sexy, at least for a while. He also showed that you don't have to win to make a big difference. Perot made it extremely hard for the man who defeated him, Bill Clinton, to be anything less than fiscally responsible. I give President Clinton and his Treasury Secretary, Bob Rubin, a lot of credit. They pushed through continuation of the statutory budget controls first put in place by Bush 41. Statutory means that, by law, Congress could not create new spending programs, among other things, without ensuring that they were adequately funded. 
Clinton set a good example for fiscal responsibility during his administration. He did not cut taxes, even though he had promised to do so for the middle class. He did not expand entitlement programs or move to increase social spending. In fact, he saved money through his welfare reforms. Clinton was also very lucky. He was blessed with a strong economy powered by the high-tech boom. His tax and spending discipline, combined with high growth, boosted federal revenues to their highest level as a percentage of the economy in history. In 2000, as he prepared to turn over the White House to Bush 43, the U.S. government reported its first true budget surplus in more than 30 years. My higher education in these issues began in 1998, when Clinton nominated me to serve a 15-year term as the 7th Comptroller General of the United States and CEO of what was then called...